Hey, hey, hey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast. First of all, thank you for listening to my podcast. Every week I'm taking guests and asking questions about sales. Here we go. Here's your host, Data, here. Today we are with Tom. How are you, Tom? How is everything going? Oh, I'm excited to be here. Excited to chat with you. Things are good. A lot of fires, uh, but we're getting through it little by day, uh, but it's great. It's good. How about you? I'm good, man. Thank you. First of all, thank you for joining my podcast. Like before we start, can you a little bit talk about your background? What are you doing now? Yeah. Uh, so a little bit about me. Uh, I've been in outbound sales for about 15 years. Um, kind of sold everything from, you know, credit card services to car sales to being a part of the SaaS world and, and the corporate world. Um, right now, I recently started my own company and went public with Outbound SOS, where I'm helping companies and individuals really figure out how to prospect in today's landscape and go to market uh, in a different way that builds consistent pipeline for them and, and builds them a process. I also am a community manager for uh, Rev Genius, which is a community for revenue professionals um, to level up with one another. We have about 17,000 members there. And then I run a micro community uh, known as Revly, uh, which helps SDRs and AEs. It's a private community for them uh, that we pour resources into helping them get better at prospecting, celebrating their wins with one another, and really building out a virtual sales floor. Because, uh, you know, today we're all stuck in four walls, as you see us here, um, just at our homes. So built that virtual sales floor to keep that vibe going for them. Um, but yeah, that's me in a nutshell. That's kind of all the things I have going on. Um, and it all just comes down to helping individuals succeed more and more and empowering them to, to find their identity in the process. Such a great experience, my friend. Probably we will learn lots of things from your side. Okay, let me go directly to the point. First of all, I want to ask three questions to you. Then I want three tips from you. Let's go directly to the first question. Like, could you tell about like, what are the best practices for cold emails? This is a fun topic. Um, email is has been, you know, a huge channel of choice for a lot of people that are outbounding um, or that are, you know, following up with their clients. Everybody's leaned into email, right? We're exhausted from Zooms. We're exhausted from being on the phone. So, you know, email has been where a lot of people have been leaning into. We've heard some of the greats out there, like Christina Finsev, Will Alred, really break down what this inbox triage is. And, uh, you know, you're going against being categorized now, right? So if somebody looks at their inbox, they're trying to get down to zero, they're yeah. categorizing where you're going to fall, right? Which, in, which box are you going to go, ne- you know, respond now, right off to later, delete, right? They're categorizing as they're skimming their box. So uh, one of the best practices is really taking advantage of your subject line and that first line of your email. You know, on your phone, when you go to check your emails now, right, you get the you get the alert, you see who it's from, the subject, and then like the first line of the email. Mm-hmm. That is so crucial for a, a rep to really focus on that initial part and, and give it everything you have and be brief, um, have an eye-catching you know, subject line that's about the person um, that really lets them know what this email is about and then what that first line says, uh, because that's what they're going to see. And they're either going to swipe left and delete that, they're going to open it up. Um, so that's a huge best practice is really take advantage of that white space on your phone. I typically will email myself the email so I can see what it looks like, right? So I can see, so I'll send a test email to myself, kind of look at what the experience would be like from my side and then make the tweaks that I need um, and see what that format looks like. 
The other thing is another best practice is less words is better. Stop trying. You know, we were all a lot of people were taught in the early days of sales this line that, you know, you only have one shot. So you've got to show everything you have because you may never talk to that person again. So you would word vomit in your emails, right? Write out the whole thing. You're trying to get every piece of intel because gosh forbid you're trying to convert that meeting or get that follow-up. When in reality, what seems to be a lot of the best practice now is bit-sized pieces of information over a course of time. You know, focus on one element in each email and build value and a journey across each touch point versus just word vomiting in one email. So when they open it up, it's, you know, this whole thing and they're just deleting you. Um, focus on one problem, one pain, and, and deliver that over a course of emails and bite-sized information. Sari, um, who works at Outplay, posted on LinkedIn a really great sequence he had ran that I think every email was like 200 words or less, had a little bit of humor, and each one connected itself. So that whole sequence looked like one giant email broken up over five pieces. Um, and he got a meeting, right? And got a response from the prospect. So those are a couple of practices, right? Be mobile friendly, take advantage of the white space at the beginning, you know, the subject line in that first line. Um, and then remember to just be bite-sized information. You don't have to overwhelm somebody um, over that first email. That would be like my three highlights for best practices. If you're cold emailing is look at those three things. Um, and then that should help improve your response rates a little bit and kind of get some more engagement um, and positive replies from your thread. Well, okay, my friend, like you, ex you explained very briefly. Thank you for answer. Okay, before I ask my second question, do you have any like weird memories about emails? Like, do you get any funny emails? Like when you saw the mail, you say that, whoa, what's a good subject line? Do you have any memory <laughs> like that? So uh, this one was pretty funny. So at one of the companies I worked with back in 2018, I built a sequence out and an email thread out and I had emailed it to quite a few people and the body was great, but the subject line had nothing to do with the email. It was literally called magic goggles. Was <laughs> the subject line. And then the body of message didn't have anything to do with the, the, the concept um, it didn't like open up with like, do you wish you had a pair of magic, you know, none of that. It was my message, but the subject line was magic goggles, had my SDR team use it and had one of the best open rates and response rates that I've ever seen. And everybody like initially was like, Tom, that doesn't work. Magic goggles. I said, I promise I had an 89% open rate on this email to like 1200 people and swear to God, it worked. Uh, my team implemented it, and it, it was one of our best open-rated emails just using two words called magic cockles. Um, so that was my favorite cold email story that still sticks with me when people tell me about subject lines because I'm like, you know, you just want to find something that's eye-popping to somebody um, and, and just short and sweet. And so magic goggles was my, my breadwinner uh, back in the day. Okay, my friend, I will try to use this subject tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Let's go directly to the second question. A couple of emails using magic goggles, and I bet you almost everybody opens it. I don't know why, but it will open it. We, we will see the results next week. <laughs> okay, let's go directly to the second question. What are your best strategies for acquiring customers? Uh, this is a good one, right? How do, you, how do you go to market? How do you, you know, what strategies really work for, uh, you know, acquiring these people? And for me, you know, it's, uh, 
I think gifting is a really good lane to lean into. Um, I think, you know, I, a company called Sendoso won me over uh, to be acquired customer from really personalizing their outreach to me, but gifting me things throughout the cycle. They really were very catering to what I was was uh, posting on LinkedIn. You know, I posted about my daughter's birthday. They ended up surprising my daughter with a create your own donut kit and, you know, sent that to me without without asking. Right. They just said, hey, you got a gift coming for your daughter. And it was so personalized that we were in the middle of a sales cycle um, and it just won me over. Right. It was just a thoughtful appreciation. Each touch point they were they were you know taking care of me. Um, and a lot of companies have been doing that. So I think a great way to acquire customers is to make them feel appreciated, gift them throughout your sales cycle, but things that are relevant, right? Like really great stuff. Like I said, they sent a donut kit that made sense. Um, and they sent me like a little uh, basketball shooter for my desk uh, with the Phoenix Suns because they were playing the Bucks during the season. So I got that because I live in Phoenix, right? So it was really relevant. So I think one thing you can do is, is personalized gifting. There's some great platforms out there like Sendoso, of course, Alice, Postal. There's some companies getting into that, Reach Desk. Um, I think that's a great way to acquire. I think uh, account-based mar uh, marketing and account-based prospecting is a great way to go and acquire customers. Um, we did campaigns where we would send people a, a box uh, with like a Fitbit band. And then if they took a meeting, they got the other part of the fit band, right? They got the actual interface um, attached to that. So that was a great way to drive acquisition, get some customers into the pipeline, get them having meetings with you. Um, there's a lot of different ways uh, to, to go to market like that and acquire customers. I think right now personalization uh, is a huge way to acquire. So that's where these platforms come into play because we're in a time right now where all of your prospects know the product market. They know what's out there. You know, you and me, if we want to go buy a new TV, we don't have to go to the store to be able to see the selection or understand what's out there. Me and you could sit and do that research today for four, th three to four hours all on our own and then go make that buying decision when we're ready. Um, so you have to be aware of that in your, in your acquisition of customers is you're not going to market anymore to educate. You don't have to do that as much. Buyers are aware. They know what you can offer. You need to be going to market with a strategy of why us? What's in it for me to select you? I'm going to go buy a TV. Why am I going to go to Best Buy or why am I going to go to Target? What is it that's going to drive me to buy that TV? Because all the TVs are the same. I know what you can do. There's a couple of features and benefits, but like why that brand? So the best practice for acquiring customers is sell your brand. Tell your story, your why, what is it in it for them uh, to pick you as that vendor. So your website's sharing that story. Your messaging is sharing that story. Um, and you're going to market off of that now where, you know, we used to go to market off of feature and benefits. So we got to flip that and, and, you know, change that head um, as we go to market. Okay, my friend, those answers like very impressed me, you know, like... <laughs> Thank you for the second question. Okay, my friend, let us go to last question. Can you give me three tips about SDR or what are the top three skills for SDRs? Yeah, I mean, this can be all kinds of answers, right? I think as you talk to different people, there's always different uh, things. But when I've hired or I've worked with SDRs and found the ones that do have that, that success, it really comes down to just a few things. One, it's just this natural grit to keep fighting, 
Um, we deal with a lot of rejection. We deal with probably, you know, 80% of our day not going the way we want. Um, and then 20% of it going the way we want. And so you have to have this grit and determination to ebb and flow through the process. You're going to have days where it's bad. You're going to have great days, but you have got to fight every day. Um, I always explain it to like baseball. You know, the best baseball, baseball player has a 300, uh, 0.300 average. I Means 30% of the time they hit the ball. Yeah. Um, 70% of the time they're striking out, going nowhere. That's an SDR too. Um, and so, you know, we have to show up to the plate ready to go every time. And when we don't give our full self, we're not going to get through it. So grit, I also think a growth mindset is something I look for. Um, I try to analyze, you know, past experiences in our life. How did they handle that? You know, how did they overcome things? Because that explains a lot. And so if they're open-minded and have a growth mindset, then, then, it's, then it's a winning for, formula for success because the SDR, the SDR world is ever evolving every day. You know, just a year ago, we weren't video prospecting. Now we are. Um, you know, we weren't personalizing our emails. Now we are. So if you're going to be in this world, you have to be open to change and quick change and being adaptable. And the only way to have that, that, that mindset is to be able to grow, right? And not be so closed-minded or think your way is the highway, but very open to resources, learning, coaching, experimenting. Um, that's another piece to that. And then I think the third is really, uh, I mean, I don't even know what the third is. It really comes down to those two for me. Um, when you have those two skills, you can really, uh, you know, do anything in the SDR world. Okay, uh, let me I ask think, one more question to you. Like, right. How you are motivated yourself? You know, like it's a very hard job and, and you are doing this job like, I don't know, 15 years. Am I right? Yep. How you are motivated yourself, you know? a great question right i tell everybody else to do it like what's driven me um and i think it's just a, a the will to not fail i hate to fail you know i got asked a question one time in an interview would you do you hate to lose or love to win which one means more to you and it's such a crazy question because do you love to win or 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 is it great you know more you know the hate towards losing uh, but that's it for me like what kept me motivated is you know i didn't like to lose i didn't like missing quota um, so I gave everything every day. Uh, I never thought about the process or, you know, I didn't care how ugly my numbers looked. I didn't care how ugly my process looked. I was just determined to get my goal, my number and, and do my part and support my team um, where everybody else was like always overthinking, like my show rate's got to be perfect. My numbers got to be great. I got to do all this. Like, I didn't care if I had to make 300 dials in a day to get one meeting. So what? Like I made, I, I had to get that one. Um, and then I work in the background of getting better, right? So I didn't have to make that number, but I didn't care. My show rate may have been the greatest that month, but did I hit goal? Damn right I did. Like I made it happen. Um, so I never really cared about the process or how ugly that got. I just did what I had to do. Um, just like an athlete, right? And a game, they don't care about you have the time you catch them in the interview and they didn't even know they had a triple double. Um, and they're like, I didn't know. I was just doing what I had to do for my team to, to win the game. So that's what kept me motivated. Um, and then what also kept me motivated was just getting that yes. I don't know about you, but when you can go and call, you know, I booked a meeting at Total Wine uh, and that was a big deal for me, right? Like when you get a yes from a company like that, knowing that your due diligence and your efforts and you convince somebody to say yeah and take a meeting and then it goes and closes, 
Like that's pretty rewarding to me. I thought that was cool that you were straight cold calling somebody up in the middle of the day and you're able to convince them in that 30 seconds to 30 minutes chatting with them to say, yeah, I'll come to that meeting. You gave me some value. Like, and then they go and close with you and get through the cycle. Like, how is that not fun? Um, I know that's really, you know, (laughs) right. Like closing a deal is cool too. Like an AE, like that's a fun life, but, but that shit's teed up for you, right? That stuff's coming to you and you just got to show up and do your part. Um, and it's still challenging and it's still rewarding to close that deal. And, and that's the real part, right? You're bringing in real revenue. But but I don't know, the top of the funnel and being able to cold call somebody up or send them a ton of emails and, and, and get that yes, that then leads to that deal. You get to go into the meeting and be like, yeah, Mr. AE, you got that 300K deal, but, but I got us in that door. Like they said yes to me and I got that in front of you um that's a huge win to me so that's what kept me motivated as i started seeing top of the funnel and doing outbound cold calling and winning these companies and building pipeline and stuff it was winning logos and winning conversations and knowing that your cold outreach to a stranger convinced them to say yes and they showed up to that meeting and then went through you know this cycle with your company it's just rewarding to me yeah it's, it's great my friend it's great okay let's go to the last point like do you have a three tips or do you have any tips for SDRs? Like, do you want to mention here? You I mean, listen, a lot of tips, but like, <laughs> in- I mean, just be open to stuff, be, be a growth mindset, right? Want to learn, want to involve, join communities, get around other people. You know, what I realized is that I could have been so much more successful in my, my sales career if I had gotten out of the silos of the companies. Like this past year, having communities where everyone's centralized together, like like-minded people like you, and you can collaborate at such a scale. Like if I could have done that as an SDR 10 years ago, all the resources I only ever got were either self-taught because I went and got it or people that I worked with in our own little world and company. You can only learn so much, but when you go and dive into all these communities right now and start hearing from other SDRs and AEs what they're doing, like you can level up so much faster um, and be, you know, the best SDR you can and experiment and learn stuff. So I think for me, the first tip is go be in these communities, go learn these things, go associate yourself with others outside of your company. Don't be afraid of it. You'll learn a lot. Check out Rev Genius. Come join us in Rev League. That's what we do. Um, I also think about, you know, um, the other thing I would recommend is, uh, you know, learn what you want to do after SDRing too. I think a tip is start looking at not just SDR as I'm just an SDR, but looking at opportunities that you can build off. Um, look at different departments in your company that you could take those skills to. We recently did a podcast about helping SDRs understand that they can move to talent acquisition. They didn't even realize that was a lane for them and all the skills they have can be transferable to recruiting for employment. Um, so I recommend that, right? Explore opportunities, learn soft skills that can help you in your career down the road, really embrace the role you're in because there's a lot of skills that are transferable, um, and put you in a position to win for a lot of roles, join the communities. Um, I'll do a little self-promotion. It's weird for me, but definitely check out my course that I built with my partner. Um, it's a four week program that we do help people learn all of this, right? Like how to build value props, how to build out your ICP, how to target your market to build consistent pipeline and book more meetings. Um, it's a four week program. So, you know, please check it out. We just rolled it out. We've had a few people already start to see a lot of success in it. Um, 
you know, but invest in yourself, invest in the resources to, to better yourself if you're not getting it at your companies um, just as much. But uh, that's, a, that's a few tips I would share. Okay, Tom, it was a great journey with you. Before we finish the podcast, like, can I ask one more question? If my yeah. audience wanted to reach out to you, what can be the best channel for you, email or LinkedIn? Uh, this is a great question. I love LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on it most of the time, right? I'm, I'm building brand. I'm out there. I'm accessible. Uh, but my, link, my, my LinkedIn inbox uh, becomes a little too much for me, so I may or may not get it. But that's probably my favorite channel to talk to people and start Conroe. Um, or email. Email is a great way, right? Uh, all my contact information is on my LinkedIn. So that's all current relevant ways. Um, so link and then community. Honestly, you want to know the best way to get access to me? Community. Um, join me in Rev Genius. Join me in Rev League. Um, I'm there every day, all day. So a lot of people talk to me through there. Um, and I'm a little bit too accessible uh, in the community life. But those are some ways that you can get a hold of me if you ever need support, just want to talk, just want to learn um see how i can help you in any way those are kind of the ways to get a hold of me okay guys we listened to tom today tom thank you again thank you for joining my podcast it was a very good journey journey for us